Business Bros is your show, where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan Cias, the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and James Cias, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Business Bros. <laughs> what up, ladies and gentlemen? Happy Monday. Hernan Cias here, host of the Business Bros Podcast, along with my co-host, the insurance bro, James Cias. And as always, we have a fun, ready to rock and roll episode for you. On today's episode, we have a wicked smart real estate coach who is passionate about helping agents take their game to the next level. There are a ton of trips, tricks this guest can teach you, but maybe one of the more impressive ones is how to get paid three times on a single deal. If that sounds interesting to you, you will not want to miss today's show. From the Smart, Co- Smart Real Estate Coach Podcast, please welcome to the show, Zachary B. Welcome to the show, my man. Oh, I appreciate you guys having me. You guys get me all fired up. I'm like, you know, last call here on the East Coast, seven o'clock ready to call it a day and then you guys got to get all fired up so i'm, I'm excited to be here <laughs> james the thing dude it's like one of those things like as soon as the switch goes on the energy goes up that's just how we roll oh, i like it. to do it hey california boys you gonna love it that's right that's right well uh, you know speaking of where you're at you know I, I wanted to publicly say um i don't know what's going to happen to tom brady here in the future but uh congratulations on having such a dominant decade or two, <laughs> right? It's been a phenomenal year for you guys. Uh, you guys come from a from a a really you know at the heart winning mentality out there. So I'm wondering how much of that's going to play into uh, the type the type of stuff that you're doing here in the uh, real estate game. Yeah, I I hope Tom Brady sticks around, and I'd love for him to end his career here. I'm a huge Tom Brady fan. As I was telling uh, her, not off off air. Um, I was in fourth grade, and I'm 29 now, but I was in fourth grade when uh, Adam Vinatieri kicked that first Super Bowl um, field goal against the Rams. So it's ever since, it's been amazing. I hope he sticks around. Um, I, I would hate to see him in a different uniform. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I appreciate the, the winning mentality mindset for out here in New England. Uh, I wish, wish everybody had it. I, I can say it's more perceived from the media standpoint than anything, but I would say that my family business definitely has that. Uh, we're constantly grinding and doing our best to improve, as that's one of our core values, constantly innovate and improve. So uh, I do not like to lose. I, I never have liked losing. Um, but, you know, when when you reach challenges and, you know, you get a quote-unquote losses, as long as you take those as, you know, learning opportunities uh, and another chance to win, then uh, I'm, I'm I'm good with that. I like the mentality. I'll take it. Well, that's part of the entrepreneurial mindset, though. Understanding that losing is part of the game. It's just part of the 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 growth pattern, right? We're going to try some stuff. Not everything's going to work. But as long as we try and fail, get back up, learn, modify and adapt and keep going, then then we're on the right track, right? We're, we're, we're the, the objective is not to lose. But when we do, we learn from that 
particular mistake and move forward. So speaking of losses, I kind of want to know where you came from prior to where you are today. Yeah, I would say actually as an entrepreneur, we lose probably nine times out of 10. It's, it's the one <laughs> it's the one that keeps us getting up and going forward. It's like when you go golfing. I don't know if anybody uh, on the audience here plays golf, but you just have like one good shot and that's what brings you back. All the other shots are terrible and you're shanking balls in the in the forest, it's that one shot. That's oh yeah, dude. My golf name, my golf nickname is Arbol. It means tree in Spanish, and I find every single one on the golf course. Like it, it doesn't matter if it's hiding. I will find it and I will hit it. <laughs> <laughs> Magnetic balls. Exactly. Yeah. So where I came from, I uh, I grew up in actually Central Mass, and um, I, I was terrible at high school. I was, you know, I was pretty close to failing out a couple times. Sports actually kept me in it. Um, and then I was mediocre in, in college, if anything. Uh, when I left college, I was actually a bartender and personal trainer for uh, about almost five years. Um, I stopped personal training, bartending about 25. And uh, right around that time, I approached my father-in-law, who's been in, in real estate for uh, it's almost 30 years now. And I came to him and I said, hey, I don't know anything about real estate. I don't even know if I'm going to like real estate, to be honest with you. But right now, I am grinding like I am uh, staying up extremely late bartending and then I'm waking up really early personal training um, so I just didn't have much direction until you know I got involved in real estate and that all started with just doing outbound like cold calls I did that for a period of time and then one day uh, it was in actually April so I'll be in real estate full-time this April for four years uh, I just made the leap and I just said all right well we're gonna go real estate full-time and see where this goes so it was quite a uh, well, nothing was planned and I didn't know if I was even going to like it, but you know, things well, panned out pretty well. Let's dig a little bit about, about that whole cold calling thing. Most people, if you told them, all right, let's get into real estate, let's hop on the phone and start calling people. They'd have freaked out. They're like, nah, this isn't for me. I definitely don't want to do that and walked away. How much of your bartending, uh, practicing, talking to strangers and, and getting, becoming, you know, their therapist while you pour them drinks, that sort of stuff. How much of that played into, you know, you being able to prospect on the real estate side? Yeah, I think if we all look back in, a, in our lives, you know, you, you have these jobs or these events that happen that lead you up to and allow you to acquire the skills that take you to the next step and the next level. So definitely bartending was one of those, one of those uh, jobs that taught me a whole bunch of skills. Uh, but I'll tell you, I was just as nervous as everyone else, uh, even if I, you know, uh, other than those who are out there that didn't bartend. You know, I didn't know anything about real estate. I was just calling as like, a um, basically a virtual assistant. I was just calling to gather information. And once I got it to a certain point where I was confused or I didn't know what the next step was, I just gathered back with the team. Uh, my father-in-law has been in real estate, like I said, for 30 years. And my brother-in-law was a, uh, a realtor for eight. So I just kind of go back to them, talk to them, say, hey, what's the next step? How can, I, how can I improve on this call? Where would I bring this next call as far as progress? And then I'd hop back on the phone again and and, and, and take it from there. Uh, majority of my, uh, or majority of the beginning of my real estate career was on the phone. I, I was um, pretty much the main lead driver uh, for like two and a half years uh, involved in real estate where I was producing like 30 plus leads a week on top of managing the rest of the VA lead. So I was on the phone like 60 plus hours a week just banging out calls. Dude, that, that's impressive. And you stuck around. 
that's a that's a big thing like you know you talk to a lot of real estate agents they fall off within that first year maybe they they do that one deal for like an aunt an uncle you know like maybe their house that they're doing and that's about it like the the fact that you have to go out and like hone that skill the ability to gather information from somebody when you make a phone call and and like improve every single call and just and just grind it out like going through call after call getting hung up on maybe getting yelled at maybe telling you know don't call me anymore all these different things and you're like you know every single one of those is is a loss right you're taking an L on every single one of those calls but every single one of those calls you're fine-tuning it's like iron sharpening iron right like you're fine-tuning these things you said something super important which was you went back you got a certain to a certain level on a phone call and then you ask for help. Like, okay, how do I go to the next step? How do I handle this particular objection? How do I move to the next level? Like, you know, I, I want to know, like, how long were you doing that before you got promoted to something like, okay, now you get to <laughs> st- send, you know, sit in front of an actual person and, and let's go into a, like a listing presentation or a buyer consultation. Sure. Sure. Um, so it took me about six months before I completed my first deal. Uh, you know, as a, as an investor, we were able to produce a, a a large amount of profit when it comes to these types of deals. Um, so there was that carrot always in front of me. And as far as like my family real estate business, you know, you, you get to eat what you killed. I mean, mm-hmm. we split profits, you know, from, from the deals. It wasn't like I was getting paid some, some salary. So I think that's also what uh, has a, a driving factor around it. I think if you're going to hire somebody, you're going to hire somebody that has that type of mentality that wants to learn, wants to grow but also that has like that commission base because you can't get comfortable. Um, so my, my increase in profit actually came with the bigger opportunities, the bigger job that I took on. So, uh, and this is what I teach a lot of our associates or our students, especially when they're scaling their businesses, how to hire the next person to replace them because you gotta, you gotta first give incremental, like, like small jobs, like, become an overpaid, you want to buy or, or bring on an overpaid VA because you, you know that they have the opportunity to grow. So first you start as a VA, which is just making outbound calls. And then you, then you kind of fall into the position of a, like a lead manager where you're taking the leads from the VAs and then you're bringing them through the process of you know, follow-up, getting on an appointment, appointment to then driving them to deal negotiation and then from there on to getting properties under contract. So it was just like, as I get more comfortable at one aspect, I then just kind of grew into the next step and the next step. Uh, we teach something called the seven steps to a taken, which is basically the seven steps you take in order to get a property under contract. Um, so it just was you know, incremental and I was able to uh, get my first full deal under contract and, uh, and negotiated uh, and purchased. We actually bought subject to the existing loan um, and I was able to do that within six months. That's nice though. Six months is not too bad. Now the the shirt you're wearing says wicked smart, but you told me at the beginning of the show, you weren't very wicked smart when it came to school. Right. And, (laughs) and it's one of those things that, that I talk to my students a lot about and and I'm big right now on like, I honestly feel like college is not for like 80% of the population that gets out of high school. It's not, it's, it's too expensive now. It's not really a directional pass for a lot of these kids. Most of them, they got to figure out like who they are, who they, who they want to become before they make that debt, you know, investment into something that they may not even use. Right. And, and you, I want you to tell me a little bit about, you know, your, your path on that, that school bound, like how it was for high school, a little bit, how it was for college and how it like connected to your career, whether it helped you or, or stalled you out. Yeah. Well, so in high school, 
I, I was always one of the kids I was always in trouble. I mean, I didn't hang with the, the right crowd. I, uh, luckily, sports pretty much like saved, saved me in that aspect as it brought structure to my life. I grew up with a single mother, so uh, I was in that a not I was in that bad things. <laughs> so, but you know, uh, the structure of sports kind of kept me involved, and then eventually pushed me to college. Which um, the only reason why I went to college is because uh, the, all the teachers told me I couldn't go. So <laughs> I'm gonna shove it in your face. Tell me exactly. I can't do something, right? Tell that, me I can't do was, something. That was exactly yeah. That that was my my spree. That's where everything started. Um, you were one of those kids, right? You were, yeah. yeah. Don't touch that pencil. So you pick up the pencil. <laughs> Don't do. Know, my, <laughs> you do your homework. My, <laughs> my son's two years old right now. I have a two-year-old son, and he does the exact same thing. We have to do the <laughs> opposite. We have to say, "No, you shouldn't do that." And I'll be like, "Okay, great." And then he doesn't do it. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Yeah. So either way, <laughs> he's just a little me. But so as far as college went. Um, you know, I was mediocre at college. I didn't find anything that like truly drove me. Because uh, now, if you if you met me now, I'm an avid studier. I'm a huge I'm huge into personal development. I'm reading multiple books a month, or I listen to them on Audibles and listen to podcasts. Like I'm diving into so many different people's webinars. Like I'm constantly working on my craft uh, and improving myself. Uh, but in college, I just didn't have. I didn't find something that I liked. Same with high school. I mean, I guess if I found something that I was really, truly passionate about, uh, I would have done better at it. So in my opinion, as always, unless you're going to be a specialist in something like a doctor, does college always make the most sense? No, in my opinion, it doesn't, especially with the world that we live in now, which is go out and find a mentor or a coach. Uh, even if they, you have to pay for coaching or mentorship, you're paying and you're knowing that you're getting an immediate return because you're learning the craft. And, and you're out there working hard at like, so um, we constantly and, and myself personally, I have two personal coaches or one personal coach and one business coach uh, to move our business forward at any given time, which is I go out there, I spend thousands of dollars on finding the people that are doing what I want to do at a high level. And then I follow them. And then it brings back immediate returns compared to college. You have professors up there teaching you stuff. That's all in theory compared to in the trenches, getting it done. So. Um, it just nowadays you just had there's so much access to the real professionals out there the real people that are that their hands dirty have systems set up and are making a change in the world that you have to go to college uh no you don't clearly not but you know if that's your passion you want to go off to a university then i'm not discouraging that either because i went that path and uh you know and i eventually circled back around and figured out what I wanted to do, but yeah, I'm still paying for it. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, well, but see that's, and that, that's the biggest thing for me is that that hurdle that where you're still paying for it. There's a lot of people who end up going to school and they don't uh, use the degree that they got. Right. Like I, I keep, I keep saying like the, we have the university of Google right now. If I wanted to fix my dryer, I don't have to go and take, you know, dryer theory and learn about a bunch of different stuff. I can go look at the model number I have, look at the problem I have. I take a Google search. Somebody has that same issue. They walk me through in a video and I fix the thing I want to fix. I learned the thing that I wanted to learn specifically. And you said the exact same thing. Once you decided to, that you wanted to learn something, you couldn't put the books down, right? The passion all of a sudden is there. And that's kind of one of my arguments with college. It's like, don't go because mom says you're going to go. Don't go because, you know, your teacher said to go. If you're going, it's because that's what you want to do. If you don't decide you want to learn it, then there's no way you're going to continue to do it. It's kind of like going to that dead end job every single day. If you don't like what you do, it's going to be hard every single Monday to get up and go. And you're going to love every single Friday because you're looking forward to get the hell out of that place. 
right? But you got to become that avid learner. So tell me a little bit about speaking of avid learning and, and, and putting these systems together. Tell me a little bit more about Wicked Smart. What is it? Yeah, Wicked Smart. Uh, it's, uh, you know, we, we're from New England. We actually had a, a newsletter for uh, a period of time and we called the Wicked Smart newsletter and then eventually it stuck. So um, this represents our Wicked Smart community, which is all of our associates or students from around the country that are using the smart real estate coach system and are building their business. Uh, right now, uh, within our Wicked Smart community, we're doing about 12 to 15 deals and we uh, specifically focus on terms. So lease options, owner financing, uh, subject to deals. Um, and right now, yeah, we're constantly growing um, as far as deals per month. Uh, so that's what the Wicked Smart community does. They, they use the uh, smart coach processes and are now growing and scaling on not only a uh, real estate way, but also from a mindset way, uh, from a personal development way. They're just, it's, a, it's a constant growing community uh, that I'm so grateful to be a part of. So in, uh, I know here in San Diego, prices are like through the roof. Things keep going up. Uh, interest rates keep declining. People are starting to talk about, are we going to hit negative interest rates? All kinds of weird stuff that people are talking about. Um, I personally have this, this gut feeling that we're in for another whirlwind here coming in soon. The last one, we just kind of stuck a bandaid in it and kicked the can down the road. Um, how important is it to understand these different types of strategies to get into these deals, these subject to these lease options, things where we have, uh, sellers in distress situations where they're, it's, it's not for everybody, but they're in situations where they need, they need to get out or they need to do something. Um, but they're in they're they're stuck. They're, you know, between a rock and a hard place and you come in as a solution. And I, I feel like what you're teaching, what you guys are doing is setting up real estate agents if, if, you know, with other tools in their, in their belt for when this market does shift, when it starts to go the other way, when we start seeing it more on the buyer side, um, because you're opening the door to solving problems rather than just sticking a sign and then, you know, it's sold, done deal. You're right. actually looking at the entire situation and trying to develop a, a, an out for that particular seller. Yeah, there's, there's a number of different ways that we can certainly help out both buyers and sellers, but you nailed it on the head. We, we provide solutions um, to typically unconventional or uh, different strategies for sellers that may not be able to sell traditionally in the open market or have been on the open market and for one reason or another uh, expired. Um, so you have many sellers, yeah, they're in desperate scenarios that need mortgage relief and buying a property subject to the existing loan makes a heck of a lot of sense. Um, and for everyone out there, I mean, buying sub two just means that you're acknowledging that there's a mortgage on the property. You're still going to close on it. You're going to take title and the mortgage will continue to stay in the seller's name. Uh, and the reason why a lot of people go that route is because roughly they're selling it for what they owe or they need mortgage relief because they can't make any more payments or they're on the edge of teetering that they're not going to be able to make any more payments. So that's, we've been able to certainly do that many times. Uh, and from an investor standpoint, uh, that gives you the ability to create some really profitable deals. We have uh, subject to deals that we bought like 10 years ago, and now the principal has you know, paid down and the, uh, the, the appreciation of the market or the property has gone up. So now that's how you do as an investor. Now you're able to create a, a large profit because of the appreciation and the principal pay down. You create that gap, and now you have equity in the home. Um, so that's certainly one way, but there's other, there's plenty of circumstances where we help out 
sellers that are not in a desperate scenario, and that tends to be more on like owner financing or a lease option. Now, we've helped out many sellers that just want pure more profit on their house. Uh, and we can do that uh, with say owner financing because we can pay a premium if we structure it correctly, meaning we get long enough terms and we uh, structure you know, enough principal pay down. Uh, most of our deals, we actually have uh, 100% principal uh, for your monthly payment. And that allows you to make some huge dents in, uh, in the principal balance, which creates large profits on these deals. Um, and as you can see, buying sub two and owner financing can be very recession resistant. I'm not going to say it's, you know, that we still won't get hit, but if you get long enough terms and your principal's going down, um, at a rapid rate or you're buying subject to the existing loan, which means you don't have an end date, then you can sit through cycles, um, and not be affected as, as much as the rest of the market would be. Plus, as an investor, uh, you're not subject to a lot of the risk. You're not actually taking on the loan, right? So you still have uh, you still have outs, exit strategies built into your investment portfolios. Should things you know like really hit the fan, right? Yeah. Plus, the way we structure our deals is uh, we're aiming typically for zero money down. I mean, it's re very rare that we put much money down in any of our properties. Um, unless we're rolling in profit from a different property and we're looking to now create, you know, a, a better scenario because they needed some down payment. But I mean, our, the entire way we structure our deals uh, and these are all of our deals is we don't use our own cash. We don't use our own credit. Uh, we don't usually go bag investors for money either. It's, it's very rare that we even take on an investor. Um, so within that is you don't have a ton of liability because uh, you really don't have much in the deal. Most things are a contract. I mean, again, morally and ethically, uh, the contract means a heck of a lot to us. We want to fulfill both the seller side and the buyer side. Um, but if you're talking about just in pure, you know, uh, risk, I mean, we're in a position where we don't have a lot of risk. Yeah, that's beautiful, by the way. That's that's one of those, you know, um, how much of this deal, by the way, and it, and it works for both agents and buyers and sellers, how much of it is sitting down and explaining how the strategy works to educate people on how this, this system works? Because when you, when you first, you know, talk about it, it sounds like too good to be true. There's no way this is going to work. But when you sit down and explain the entire process, all of a sudden you see the light bulb go off and you're like, oh, Okay, well, I, I now I understand how this is do how this is possible. Let's move forward. How much of how much of your day is spent educating? Yeah, a large a large amount of the day is spent educating. That's what the goal is, right? You take a complicated subject, such as like a lease option or buying subject to the existing loan, or telling a seller or asking a seller if they're going to be able to finance you instead of go to a bank. You know, things that people don't typically think about, uh, and that's what the goal is. Once you have the ability to really nailed down and make a complicated subject really simple. That's when you are able to do a ton of deals. Um, so if it comes to like day-to-day -day activity, I mean, we created videos that walk people through certain things because I'll, it would be 90% of my day explaining this. Um, so we have, that's why we created that as I alluded to earlier, which is the seven steps to a taken or getting a property under contract because you, you move these, you move buyers and sell or you move at least sellers through a process on which, you know, they need to be spoon fed, which is really important because if not, then they get a little overwhelmed uh, and you'd lose out on a bunch of deals. Um, we're definitely not in there for a one call close. It's a hundred percent spoon feeding people. And then eventually get to a point where you really understand their deep, you know, motivation, uh, not surface level. I mean, you, you know how you can help them. And if you can provide a solution to 
to anyone, then you have a deal. Uh, if you can't provide that solution, which is another skill you get to learn, can't provide that solution, then you don't have a deal. I mean, I, every single time you try to fit a square into a round peg. Yeah, it ain't going to work. Well, let me ask you this. This strategy, these strategies that you're talking about, are they only for the Massachusetts area? <laughs> we buy property. We're like in 80 different markets right now. Uh, we're in the high-end markets. We're in, say, New York City, uh, L.A., Southern Florida, uh, San Francisco, uh, to you know your Midwestern markets. Uh, we're, we're everywhere. So uh, it can be done in every single market. Now, of course, don't get me wrong. It's going to be slightly harder to get more deals in a hot market. Mm -hmm. I mean, but it's really, then it becomes a numbers game because we have predictable systems and processes set up. So it's like, okay, well, it may take me, let's say in uh, Western Massachusetts, per se, it's a slower market. I don't live there, but let's say Western Massachusetts, slower market. It may take you only 20 you know, leads in order to get a property under contract compared to somebody in LA, maybe it takes you 80, but the price range is going to be different. And the, the amount of buyers out there are going to be much higher. So once you have a property under contract, it's going to be a heck of a lot easier to sell. Um, which also means that, you know, which also means you're going to be able to create profit a heck of a lot quicker. So if I wanted to get started with Wicked Smart and learn about your guys' process, how do I get a hold of you? What's the best way to learn your system? Yeah, the best way to learn our system uh, would be to, number one, you can go onto our website and dive through our, uh, it's 50 minutes, our webinar. It's absolutely free. It'll give you the ins and outs of, uh, of deal structuring, of a couple of the aspects of the business. But you have a really good, uh, you have a really good, place to, to at least take some couple spoonfuls uh, and figure out if this is a good niche for you to dive further into. Uh, also, I'd be super ha uh, happy to send out everybody uh, the actual copy of our book uh, for absolutely free. All you got to do is go to newrulesforfree.com. That's newrulesforfree.com. That's our second Amazon bestselling book. Um, it, it dives into a whole bunch of different niches, but it also covers ours. Um, and that will give you a, a great place to start. Awesome. Awesome. And I, I got one final question. You started off by saying when you got into this real estate industry, uh, you went and reached out to your father-in-law who had been in the real estate game for 30 years. What does he think of you now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd have to ask him. Uh, now we're, we're, we're close family. We're business partners now. We've been doing a heck of a lot of deals together, but also he's, uh, one of my son's best friends now, Papa. So, um, yeah, I, I hope that hope that he's proud of me, but you'd have to ask him. Yeah. <laughs> we always try to get those uh those in-laws to be proud of us, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you either have a really good relationship with them or you don't. Because I'll tell you, that's like the number one question people always ask me, like, how do you work with your in-laws? Uh, <laughs> I didn't I didn't necessarily, you know, set out to do it, but it happens to fit well. It goes no, I don't think I could work with my brothers in business, but I tend to be able to work with them quite well. So that's funny. I'm stuck with mine. <laughs> stuck. <laughs> just play. Just play. He's been awfully quiet over there. The man yeah, behind, the, man that's, behind that's, the screen. That's how he does. Is that's how he rolls. Most of the time, he doesn't. He doesn't talk very much. He's he's usually when we do the Facebook Live, he's usually talking to people online. All the all the interaction that we have online. So that's normally his role. And then every once in a while, when I pick on him like that, he'll he'll drop a line or two. <laughs> well, I gotta thanks, defend man. myself, you know. Exactly, exactly. All right, Zach. Yeah, thanks, man. It's been awesome having you on the show. Uh, one more time, how do they? Uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? 
Yeah, the best way to get a hold of us is either go to smartrealestatecoach.com forward slash webinar, dive into that, and then you'll just be in our Wicked Smart universe, or go get your free book. Uh, it's a, it's an Amazon best-selling book. It's, go to newrulesforfree.com. That's newrulesforfree.com. No shipping, no handling. We'll, we'll ship it right to you. Just going to give it your address. So that'd be the best Perfect. way. Awesome, man. And again, thank you for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, Another great show for you, but that's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Bye-bye. And we're at. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at csfirst.com right now or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show.